Last time on Improv Tabletop, we had just picked back up with our heroes in Blather's Library, our heroes being Sheriff Pitstone the Human, Mayor Brimpus the Monkey, and Lila Bell the Pastry Chef, and also the Town Gossip. They had just discovered dead Blather's body lying on a bench in the museum and decided to look around for clues to see what might have happened. Mayor Brimpus went to the art exhibit and was completely distracted by a wonderful painting. Sheriff Stone went to the fossil exhibit and found a used ticket stub from Tuacon to Animal Station. It was part one of a two-way trip. And Lila Bell discovered in the fish exhibit that two artifacts had been stolen. A sandstone statue of a sacred bovine and a sandstone carving of a magical banana. So they brought all of their information together and decided maybe they should check the bug exhibit real quick before heading out. And when they got inside, they discovered that peaches had meddled with the bugs, bringing them to unnatural life. They were attacked by the bugs, but made some fairly short work of them. And upon leaving, discovered another little sandstone relic carved in the shape of a bug, presumably the one that Peaches had used to animate these bugs, which they did ascertain at Little Daisy's library. They looked through a bunch of ancient scrolls of ritual magic and found out that these sandstone sculptures are used by ritual practitioners to create unnatural magical effects. And presumably, it is these that Peaches has been using to do all of his nasty, nefarious stuff. So, we're going to pick up with our heroes as they are leaving the library, and Sheriff Pitstone has a stakeout planned for later that evening at the Field of Reckoning. What's going to happen at the Field of Reckoning? Let's find out here in the world of Animal Station. What's shaking, everybody? You're listening to Improv Tabletop, the Fate RPG actual play where we make up everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... McKenna Steele, the local tea gatherer. Connor Wood, the national listener of audiobooks. Caleb Anderton, the contender for that title. Ooh, man, things are going to get heated here tonight. <laughs> so, we pick up with you guys as you're heading out of Little Daisy's library, and a warm evening glow is beginning to be cast across the town, which on any other night would be just wonderful and lovely. Uh, you can almost hear the guitar and harmonica music playing in the background to herald the cooling down of the day. And as you're walking out of the library you see that there is a cart being wheeled through the main square, and wheeling this cart is a camel. And laden upon the cart are carpets of all types and varieties. It seems that Sahara, the carpet merchant, is in town. Lila, weren't you wanting a new welcome mat for your uh, for your bakery there? I heard you saying your other one's getting worn out from so many people walking through. Oh, well, you know what? I think that's absolutely true. Uh, Sahara, Sahara, uh, d- hey, sugar, hold up just a minute, okay? Yeah, sure thing. Uh, Sheriff, I'm so sorry, but I believe I left my little coin purse at home. Do you happen to have a little bit of money on you or any extra of her tickets? Allow me. Uh, 
Mager. I trot on over to Sahara, and I'm gonna start by slowly putting little bananas on top of her rugs. <laughs> oh, you certainly do love playing this game every single time, don't you? <laughs> I, I'm not interested in your bananas, I promise. Well, 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 if it isn't everybody's favorite traveling rug salesman, Sahara, let me ask you this. And I just one at a time, do doop bananas from the bag to her bag. Let me ask you this, you got a, a rug permit for them? Hmm? <laughs> well, I do remember the last time I was in town, you told me about this made-up hokum rug permit, so I did go to the government of the U.S. of A. and got myself a rug permit. Feast your eyes on this. And Sahara pulls out a scroll and unfurls it, and there is a signature on the bottom declaring that Sahara is a certified rug dealer. Well, well, well. <laughs> I did not know this was a real thing, and I can't read, so I will take your word for it. Anyway, we had to ask you something. Hey, have you had any weird customers lately? I ask, well, at this point, I'm uh, one at a time putting the bananas back in my bag. <laughs> she just stares directly at you and is like, Hmm, have I had any weird customers lately? Let me think. <laughs> Anybody strange or nefarious who might want to use your rugs for evil things? Evil things? Now, what what evil thing can you use a rug for, darling? You can hide at least a dead body at a time in one of these little puppies. <laughs> now, sugar, you know that there ain't no dead bodies in Animal Station. Never have been, never will be. Uh... I don't like to think about the concept of mortality. I'm gonna go eat a banana for a minute. <laughs> Sahara, actually about that, um, you remember Blathers, correct? Oh, of course, Blathers is just the kindest of all old gentlemen, the most wonderful and beloved character in this entire franchise, and I'm sure that anybody would be heartbroken <laughs> if anything happened to Blathers. Well, uh, yeah, he's doing okay. Uh, oh, yep. oh, yep, Sheriff, oh, you can handle it yeah, if you no, want. Okay, was, I'm gonna step was, aside. No, I was just gonna say Blathers is indeed an upstanding member of this here community, and I'm proud to know him. Yes, and he is uh, breathing quite well, and uh, nothing nefarious has happened to him, but um, if something nefarious were to be happening to him, I'm sure that there are people that could be blamed. Um, do you, by chance, do you, have you met Professor Peaches? Oh, Professor Peaches, the one with the, the cyborg robot legs. Yes, that's right. Well, Professor Peaches sure is a uh, an odd individual. Don't know that I've seen Professor Peaches wandering around of late. You haven't? Well, I, last I heard, Professor Peaches was out on some kind of archaeological excavation. Wasn't supposed to be back for another week or something. Lila Bell, trust me, if if you see a cyborg-legged giraffe walking down the street, you remember it. That's fair. Well, for your troubles, uh, I'll just take a, a small rug, if you will. Just a little welcome mat. Oh, well, of course. I got all kinds of welcome mats over here in all kinds of wonderful fonts. Here I've got one in a bold-faced Cheltenham. Right over here's one in Clarendon. That's a new favorite. These typefaces just come straight out of the foundries. They're brand new. You got anything in Comic Sans? <laughs> Pretty sure that doesn't exist yet in the Wild West, but I'll make a concession for you, Sheriff Pitstone. Thank you. I'd, I'd appreciate it. And Sahara pulls out a rug in Comic Sans and unfurls it in front of you and says, My, what wonderful taste you have. And you can just tell that Sahara hates the way her tongue feels when it says that Comic Sans is a good choice. <laughs> Lila Bell, I, I don't know why, but uh, this just seems like the perfect addition to your shop. 
Oh lordy, hab yeah, I yep, that'll look absolutely something special out front of my shop. Well, we'll take two of them, Sahara, just in case. Ah, well, that's why I love coming to Animal Station. Some of the best business to be found out here in the West. Mm Mm-hmm. That'll be 50 bells each. 50 bells each. I bet you're not so angry about my bell ordinance now, (laughs) are you? Listen, I am... I'm a little short on bells. I didn't realize that that was local currency. I'm new here, you see. Um, you mind if I just pay you in gold. I got some left from Toucan when I came over from, from there. You say gold? That, that stuff is worthless. What? What? Here, just just pay her in these. And I put some bananas where his gold was. And uh, if, if the gold was in reach, it is now in my grasp. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, this is worth a lot more around here. I didn't understand what you were doing for a minute. I'm trading my bananas for his gold that he apparently has. I love it. I love it. Um, oh, for goodness sake, um, I'm going to go ahead and run over to my shop, which I guess we could technically be right next to, and I'll just go ahead and grab my little coin purse that's filled with bells and bring it back. It's <laughs> a... Here is 50 bells and an extra five for you, just for the trouble that we've been. <laughs> oh, now you've been no trouble whatsoever. I mean, you, you specifically, and then points to Sheriff Pitstone and says, you also haven't been too much trouble, and then looks at the mayor and pauses for a second and says, yes, th- those 50 bells will be, those will do just fine for this Comic Sans rug. <laughs> I'm going to look behind me and see if she's referring to anyone else and then uh, go about my business. <laughs> that is too. Remember, I got that extra. Well, now we have our rugs and the same amount of information. Boys, we're doing great. Before Sahara goes off, my uh, sheriff's conscience gets to me and I'll lean in close and I'll say, now listen, we talked about Blathers. Blathers is dead, deceased. You better keep your eyes on Mr. Peaches, Professor Peaches, because he is a dangerous giraffe and we don't want anybody getting hurt, all right? Keep your guard up. Don't spread panic. I mean, it's kind of going to be kind of hard not to want to spread panic. Everything I've heard about Professor Peaches is that Professor Peaches is the most dastardly, powerful, and lethal individual in the entire West. Legitimately the most horrible being alive. Yeah. That anybody who <laughs> attempts to stand up to Professor Peaches is destined for a slow and painful death or worse. That really probably might be us if we're taking everything into perspective. But... Blathers is dead for real, and that is not all right here in my town. Or in Chair Pitstone's town, at least of all in Lilabelle's town. <laughs> Absolutely not. So we're going to figure out what we can do to give this sucker a, a good push off a short bridge and a long walk, and <laughs> we're going to get him back for Blathers. I'll let you sort out your idioms, and I will see you in a few days, I'm sure. Did you hear what she just called you? I don't understand most things people say to me, Sheriff. Well, what I do understand is we have a stakeout to get to, and I think, you know, for now, these rugs will do for us to sit on while we're there so we don't get sand up in our patookuses. Um. (laughs) Let's go. We're heading to the Valley of Reckoning, I reckon. Well, yeah, we're going to reckon ourselves all the way over there, but I'm going to go grab us a quick bite so we don't get hungry, and I just run into the store real quick. And I grab some more pies and a couple um, sodas and maybe maybe like a burger for. Uh, Can you give me some icy hot? Yeah, okay. Do you have that? Yeah, I'll go back in. Love it. And I'll get that. <laughs> All right, here you go. All right, let's go. Let's go wrecking it. Okay. Yee yee. 
off to the Valley of Reckoning to, to reckon up some wreckers. The Field of Reckoning. That is definitely what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so as the sun goes down on the far horizon, you head a little bit out of town through some of the hoodoos and the standing stone arches until you finally come to the Field of Reckoning full of dead and barren trees, but also full of a number of cows. As barren as this place is of most life, there's a type of grass here that cows just go crazy for. So a lot of people will just kind of let their beeves go and chomp on the grass. The butter grass. Uh, the butter grass, indeed. <laughs> yep. And th- it is said that the butter from the cows who eat the butter grass is the sweetest of all. It's true. Extra grassy. <laughs> yum, yum. So you spread out your Comic Sans rugs and pull out your little picnic and start preparing for the stakeout. Is there anything that you guys would like to do to prepare before you formally begin your stakeout? I'd like to turn to Lila Bell somewhere while uh, Mayor Brimpus is off grooming himself or something. Yeah. No, I have a plan. I'll get to it in a sec. Okay. (laughs) Um, Just turn to her and put my hand on her shoulder and I say, Lila, I'm just so grateful that you are here with me. Most people in this town I have a hard time understanding and I feel like you and I have just had this connection ever since I came to town. I'm just so grateful that you were always so reliable. I feel like I can trust you with my life. And thank you. Thanks for being here. Things might get rough tonight. Well, aren't you just a sweet little pumpkin? Oh, sweetie, I just absolutely adore you. And you know you can always trust me. In fact, your secrets are the only ones that I haven't told to anybody. So I think that probably says quite a bit, doesn't it? That says a mountain of words, Lila Bell. Thank you so much. Mm. Oh, you're so welcome. (laughs) And you know what? I brought a little bit of something for you. I brought my father's secret recipe. It's for a lasagna soda, and (laughs) it's absolutely delicious. Lila Bell, I've been living off spaghetti soda for weeks. I didn't think there was any lasagna soda left to be found. And I will pour out the spaghetti soda that's in my canteen onto the ground. (laughs) Can I skip back in the middle of this very sweet moment? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so I skip on back and I'm like, hey, everybody, don't worry. Mayor Brimpus has been doing things too. And I kind of lay my hand out and have them survey the area. And I have been throwing a perimeter of banana peels around us. So our stakeout area <laughs> essentially has landmines. Oh, so. nice. I love that so much. That's great. Um, also, something that I want to make sure that I have is I want to have a little bug statue. Mm. And I want to keep an eye on it while we're on our little stakeout to see if the other statues are in the area. If like it starts doing something, just to keep an eye on it. Just in case like crazy things happen. Smart. So you all sit for your stakeout. You're watching the starry horizon, looking out in all directions, trying to see if anybody is coming near. And the music finally hits that point where it turns from being cheerful nighttime music to slightly unsettling nighttime music. And you every so often will hear a little creak or a rustle or a flutter off in the trees. But it turns out it's just like a cow who swatted at one of the branches with their tail or something. But finally, you hear kind of off on the other side, coming in from a different direction from town, uh, the sound of wheels rustling through the dirt. And you look out there, and you're hidden behind a couple of trees, and you peer out from the other side, and you can see silhouetted in the moon a merchant's cart being pushed by a camel. (gasps) 
and you hear Sahara's voice coming from that direction saying, Oh, now they're just meddling all over the place. Goodness, it's a good thing I got a poker face. Or at least a good thing they didn't think I was lying. The camel's in on it. My jaw is agape. And Sahara reaches into the cart and pulls out a couple of trinkets. And you can see even in the moonlight that they appear to be carved of sandstone. (gasps) One is a sheep and one is a cotton plant. These figurines representing the power of textiles and industry and whatnot. And she holds them up and starts doing a little bit of chanting. And as they glow, you see all of the carpets, one by one, begin to uncoil and slither out of the cart and move in the direction of the cows. And you feel the rugs underneath you on the sand begin to slither in that direction as well. And you hear Sahara say, They say that these cattle rustlers almost ain't human. That's because they ain't. (gasps) Go get them, my pretties. (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely wasted my 55 bales. I'm going to get her. (laughs) I cannot believe I almost gave her my bananas. (laughs) (laughs) And so all of the carpets begin slithering towards the cows. And you can see that the cow nearest to the cart is just there munching idly on some of the butter grass. And one of the carpets comes up behind it and then just kind of snakes up its legs rapidly and all the way around its entire body up to its snout and smothers it entirely. And you can hear these muffled moos coming from inside and the carpet starts rolling it back towards Sahara's cart. And all around you, now you can hear the mooing of cows as the carpets start to wrap them up and rustle them away into Sahara's cart. Well, that uh, uh, that's too much. Let's go home call it a night, everybody. Hold up. Hold now up. Now you're breakfast. You sit your little monkey butt down. No. Yeah, okay. I'm sticking through. This ain't over yet. That was crazy, though. Can we acknowledge how crazy that looked? Crazy it may be, but this ain't over yet. Now the second part of the stakeout is to follow Sahara there and to see where the cows are being taken because I bet you that we'll find peaches on the other end of this. You mark my words. As long as we get to see Peaches busted, I'm through with the long haul. Well, let's go. Let's go ahead and follow her. But be quiet, everybody. We don't need to get wrestled up in this quite yet. Okay, so let's go ahead and get a group sneaky check. Who has the highest sneaky approach amongst you? Uh, I've got plus three. I also have plus three. Nice. All right. So we can have either Mayor Brempis or Lila Bell roll for sneaky, and then the other two can assist, each adding plus one to the roll. I will roll for the sneaky. Ooh, good thing I rolled because I rolled a plus three, and then I add a plus three, and then I add two plus ones for a plus eight. Okay. Did we do okay? Well, <laughs> Sahara is going to try and notice you with Clever. And Sahara rolls a plus five, which normally would be a very good roll. But not good enough. Good thing Lila Bell is the world's top spy. (laughs) Basically. So you begin following along behind Sahara as quietly as you can. And you hear Sahara muttering as you get closer to town. Now, this should be enough cows to finish up that ritual that Peaches is hoping to do. It's a good thing I wasn't on banana duty. I hate bananas with all of my heart. Mm, I knew I didn't like that carpet salesman. Let's go ruin our night. (laughs) (laughs) And as you start getting closer into town, you see that Sahara is moving directly towards the train depot. 
and when the cart gets there, she stops and opens up one of the box cars and pulls out those trinkets and all of the rugs begin moving again, unloading the cows into the box car. There we go. Ready? It's time for us to get on that box car. We got get on the box car. We end up where Beaches is. I see zero flaws in that logic. Let's go. All right, you start moving in. And now that all of the cows have been unloaded onto the boxcar, you see Sahara reach into the cart for one last thing, and she pulls out a little box and reaches in and starts munching on something, cracking open shells and popping the innards into her mouth. And you see it's this big old box of peanuts. Mm, I don't think I can not steal that. (laughs) (laughs) So I look to Lila Bell and Sheriff Pitstone and I kind of lift my eyebrows a little and I say my famous catchphrase that I say all the time, watch this thing I can do with my tail. (laughs) And I use my tail to attempt to knock out Sarah. Oh Oh my gosh. I'm so nervous. Uh, I, I put a blunt object, whatever I could find, probably a banana, in my tail, <laughs> and I'm just sneaking up, <laughs> butt first, and uh, once I'm in thwomping range, I'm gonna thwomp. Alright, so because you are acting in accordance with your trouble, I'm going to give you a free fate point for that as a compel. Nice. And so traditionally, to render somebody unconscious, you would have to go through their stress track and any consequences they might have, but since this is your stunt, you can do things with your tail that might not otherwise be possible. Ah. That's right. So I'm going to ask you to go ahead and roll to attack with Sneaky, and Sahara is going to roll to defend with Clever to see if she notices you sneaking up. All right, and my Sneaky roll is plus four. Plus four. Sahara is at a plus five. Ah. Oh, no! But the peanuts! Hurry, uh, in- invoke some other aspects. All right, I will now invoke. <laughs> sure, I'll loan you some bullets. <laughs> By which I mean I'm gonna, I'm gonna dump the bag of bullets on top of Sahara with the hope of thoroughly confusing and disorienting them. <laughs> All right, so it's kind of like tossing sand in somebody's eyes, except yeah. it's tossing a handful of bullets in somebody's eyes. <laughs> Pocket bullets. <laughs> and so, yeah, you're sneaking up behind. Sahara and she turns around as if she's ready to start heading out of town and is just kind of like what on earth (laughs) and bullets into the eyes she's distracted and you now have a plus six against her plus five meaning that you succeed oh my oh man I cannot believe that worked I say with a mouthful of peanuts (laughs) (laughs) so yeah Sahara is lying unconscious on the ground next to the tracks and the boxcar is still open, but you can hear the whistle of the train engine as the train starts to move away. I grab Sahara by the scruff of their camel neck and <laughs> drag them into the car with us. All right. Onward. So you're in this boxcar like a group of hobos surrounded by cows and with one cowardly camel in the midst. So after a while, Sahara kind of begins to stir a little bit as her wits start to come back to her. I'm standing there with my face right up in her camel face. And as her eyes flutter open, she sees you right there and she freaks out and kind of scuttles up against the back wall of the boxcar and says, Oh now, goodness, Sheriff, you're not supposed to be here right now. And then looks and sees Brimpus and Lila Bell. None of y'all are supposed to be here right now. Neither are you. 
Now, we know that you've been helping Professor Peaches. We know you done got his hoodoo to work your magic rugs and rustling them cows. Now tell us, what's his end game? What's his plan? Roll to overcome with forceful against a difficulty of five. Oh boy. Tough not to crack. Yeah, I, uh... I rolled a zero for a plus three total, but I would like to invoke big old boots, that boost I got earlier, and I'll stand there and kind of tower over her, get a little extra intimidation there. And I would also like to invoke, you know what, I'll throw my stunt on top of this and I will flash the badge. And so not only is she intimidated, but then I flash the badge and she is literally blinded for a period of time and has no no choice but to answer my question. So I believe that I will tie and have her be blinded and see what happens there. <laughs> All right. So you flash the badge, a beam of moonlight coming in through a crack in the roof of the boxcar catches your badge perfectly. She winces as she clutches at her eyes. So you have tied, meaning that you succeed at a minor cost. I'll take it. And Sahara is kind of writhing on the ground in pain, clutching at her eyes. And she says, Professor Peaches is springing something into this world, something bigger than any of you. Sweetie, do you mean like size-wise or just like... Oh, darling, I mean everything. Bigger than you in every possible way you can imagine. More powerful, more important on a grand cosmic scale. Larger larger physically, certainly. Oh, Lordy. Well, that's mighty terrifying. Um, as I'm trying to, like, ask her that question, I would like to pick her pockets. Nice. And first of all, uh, retrieve my bells because <laughs> that's thievery. Yeah. Second of all, I would like to see if I can get the little statues. All right, go ahead and roll to overcome with sneaky. Oh, guys, that's another plus six. Oh my. Wow. I don't know what it is, but I drank the good stuff to give me the good luck. You drank the spaghetti soda. <laughs> I did, and I didn't barf this time. That's the, the, the secret to espionage. <laughs> So you reach in there and while Sahara is blinded, uh, isn't able to notice you grabbing the bag of bells that you paid to her legally, you agreed to give her these <laughs> bells so it wasn't thievery. Yeah, but she, she took my rugs back to get her cows. I mean, I didn't love them, but it's fine. <laughs> and you grab a couple sheets of paper, you grab a couple of the sandstone trinkets, but as you reach for the last of the sandstone trinkets, uh, this is the minor cost that comes with Sheriff Stone's success. <gasps> she pulls out the final one, and just as you're about to grab it, Lila, she activates it and begins chanting. You see that this is in the shape of an iron ingot, and you hear the latches on the doors of the boxcar begin to squeal and tighten and fuse into one so that the doors cannot be opened. Hey, Sahara, what's your problem? <laughs> How come you gotta just go ruin, ruin a good thing we had going on? We were traveling buddies off to see your evil, dumb boss and kill him, and you had to lock us in here. Well, now we're gonna starve. I mean, there is lots of beef around. Yeah, lots of beef and lots of camel meat, I guess. <laughs> I don't know if that's inhumane or not. It's kind of a gray area with the whole we're animals ranching animal. Anyway, <laughs> we gotta find a way out of here. Well, I guess we're about 
to see how inhumane it is, and Sahara raises the ingot statue above her head and begins chanting, and you see that the iron beams that are like implanted into the walls begin to bend and twist, and one of them goes flailing out right at Mayor Brimpus. <laughs> so we're going to enter into a conflict. Uh. All right, so since Sahara is the one who initiated this, we'll have Sahara go first. And she's going to use that magical trinket to attack with Clever against Mayor Brimpus. Wow, and rolls uh, minus one, minus four plus three. That is the worst you can possibly get. Sahara is going to spend a fate point um, to invoke her core aspect to re-roll that because gotta roll better than this. Do ya? Wow. Um, Still a minus two on the dice, bringing it up to a plus one. So that is Sahara's attack against you, Mayor Brimpus. How would you like to defend? I'm, I'm going to defend forcefully by standing my ground and being like, you're just proving my point, you know. <laughs> and that's a, oh my goodness, a minus two. Oh, wow. Mm. Okay. Mm. Okay, this this worked out for Sahara at the end, it turned out. I guess. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so that means that she has three shifts over you. Uh, that is success with style, but instead of reducing that to get the boost, just going to do the full three shifts of damage against you. So now that Sahara is finished, she kind of grins a very unsettling smile as there's that bit of moonlight coming in through the roof that catches her across the face. And you can see the teeth look a little bit more jagged in the light, the corners of the mouth a little more twisted, the eyes still squinted shut from the pain of being blinded. And as the metal bar retracts from smacking Mayor Brimpus right on the snout, she says, Now you understand the power of what Professor Peach has taught me about, don't you? And we're going to turn the turn to Sheriff Pitstone. That is one creepy camel. Uh, I'm going to go up straight to this camel, and I know that uh, she is not our main enemy here, so I don't want to do anything lethal. I'm going to go for a pistol whip, try to knock her out again. Get her. All right. That sounds like a forceful attack to me. She's going to try and defend with Clever to see if she can hear you coming up. I'm going to spend a fate point to re-roll that, because that was not great again. Man, we're using up a lot of fate points and a lot of stunts this combat. (laughs) Yeah, mama mia. Yep. Uh, That's still not great, but that's a plus. Plus three. Plus two to defend. Nice. Yeah, you managed to get one shift of damage onto Sahara, and that pistol whip goes, like, right into the center of the forehead, and she reaches up and rubs at it, but still has a lot of vitality left in her, it seems. Uh, Sheriff Stone, who would you like to go next? Um, let's see. Let's uh, pass it on over to Miss Lala Bell. Uh, well, thank you. This is what I would like to do. I would like to take out the cotton and sheep statues mm. and see if I can remember, because I figure if I'm the town gossip, I have a pretty good memory. See if I can remember what she was saying when she cast the little ritual and try and get the rugs to go and tie her up. Nice. Yeah, I think trying to remember the details of the ritual are probably a bit more clever than sneaky. I would think so too. So yeah, go ahead and yeah, roll to overcome with clever. Um, a plus four, but just because I want to be a little bit extra, I'm going to invoke you do the crime, you do the crime. So <laughs> she deserves what she's getting because she did the crime and making it a plus six. 
Alright, yeah, I had set that difficulty at plus four, so you took it from a tie to being a full success. Nice. So smart of me. Yeah, you think back to the chanting, the arm motions, and now that you have successfully managed to grasp a sense of how to control these textiles, we're going to use that same overcome roll as your attack roll, and Sahara's going to try to defend with Clever to see if she notices. Getting a plus two. So that is four shifts. Oh man. Yeah, all of the rugs come in and wrap around her and just constrict in super tightly. And you hear all of the air just rush out of Sahara's lungs as she's lying there on the floor trying to break her way out. Good work, Lana Bell. Well, thank you. Now, Sahara, if you are ready to stop this absolute silliness, that would be great. All right, so uh, I believe Mayor Brimpus is the only one who has not yet acted this round. Mayor, do the honors of the mayoral office. All right, Sahara, are we still in combat with you, would you say? Where are you sitting right now? (laughs) Just emotionally speaking. And she turns her head towards you. Her eyes are still squinted shut, and her tongue is kind of lolling out of her mouth as she can't get any air back into her lungs just from the constriction of the (laughs) rugs. Oh, am I killing her? Oh, no. So that's about as much response as you get. Did she just stick her tongue out at me? (laughs) I cannot tell if she's surrendering or taunting me. Either way, I must see this fight through to the end. So I approach... I'm just going to smack her with the banana. <laughs> Man, I'm trying to decide because nobody really expects to be smacked with a banana. So is that sneaky? <laughs> Might be clever. Might be flashy. I'll say roll to attack with whatever you want, Mayor. Okay, I, I, I'm going to go with... <laughs> I'm going to just go with good old-fashioned forceful. <laughs> All right. That is a plus two. Being as restricted as she is amid all of these rugs that brings Sahara's roll to a flat zero so as you come down with the force of that banana of justice what does it look like as you take out Sahara from this combat Mayor Brimpus, you know, waddled on up to just <laughs> put the KO finisher hit on on this crazy camel uh, and as it turns out that was what Brimpus calls his bullet banana it's a banana where when he gets bored and fidgets, he puts a bunch of bullets in. So it, it hit really, really hard. None of the bullets went off. We're not barbarians, but it was a banana full of bullets and it smushed all over her head. And now it, there is bullets and banana guts everywhere on this unconscious camel. It just bullets. Ew. You know, that's how it goes. That was a great sound effect. Thank you. It's a banana. All right, yeah. So once more, Sahara is unconscious. You have the rugs at your command, and you also have the rest of Sahara's trinkets, as well as those couple pieces of paper that you got. Well, I'm a little bit hungry. I have some more snacks in my little bag. Uh, Why don't we sit down while she's a little preoccupied and eat a little bit and take a look at these notes here that I so wonderfully snuck from her. Lala Bell, if we get through this, I'm promoting you to deputy. And Uh, Sheriff, I'm promoting you to double sheriff. And Mayor, (laughs) if we make it out alive, you just might get demoted, but we'll see, okay? This does not sound like a fair trade. We will get there when we get there. (laughs) Yeah, let's let's look at this dumb junk that we got from that dang old camel. Come on, what do we got, boys? And I go ahead and I push the paper out and flatten it because I'm assuming I accidentally crumpled it up a little bit in the combat. 
you start looking at these pages and one of them appears to be a letter and it is addressed to Sahara from Professor Peaches. And it reads, you have proven more apt in the ritualistic arts than I had imagined. For your service, surely our great overlord will offer you a position of power in his new kingdom. This sounds way bigger than us. Like, maybe Sahara was right and this is bigger than my little monkey self and your little man self and your little penguin self. But either way, Blathers is still dead, alright? And that isn't just gonna slide. Well, I have a thought. When we were at the library, Daisy had mentioned in the books about this that bringing these together, it would be possible to bring something back to life. So, I'm wondering, obviously we go, we defeat this evil entity, whatever it's gonna be, and once we do that, maybe we can use all this stuff to bring Blathers back? That way it's not so bitter. Malabel, you're a genius. Yeah, I like that. I don't I don't think I made any laws about necromancy. So yeah, that's fine. That might be an oversight to correct in the future, but we can go ahead and do the ritual first and then you can outlaw it afterwards. Yeah, we'll change that once we pet cemetery blathers, but uh, <laughs> for now, nah, who cares? Because <laughs> uh, we know how well pet cemetery ended up for the protagonists. <laughs> Man, I need to watch that now. <laughs> All right, so yeah, you read through this letter, and then the second sheet of paper is much older than the first one. It appears that this isn't a recent sheet of paper like the one that Peaches wrote the letter on. This has a very ancient feeling to it, and written on it are two hieroglyphs. Uh, any of you can make a clever check to see if you can discern what these hieroglyphs might mean. Got a flat zero? I got a plus five. Ooh. So, Sheriff Stone, it seems that you have a surprising amount of knowledge about ancient languages. I was actually a philologist back in uh, my undergraduate. That was uh, before I took up sheriffing. It's a, it's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you recognize these hieroglyphs as being part of the Nahuatl language, which was spoken by ancient Southern American civilizations. Uh, I believe most particularly the Aztecs. And the two hieroglyphs, you recognize the first one as turtle and the second one as rabbit. Turtles and rabbits. And since this is such an esoteric language, like I, I am surprised that you rolled as well as you did, but I had <laughs> two difficulties in my brain. It was four to recognize the individual symbols, but it was six to recognize what they mean together. So you know that put together, turtle and rabbit has some meaning in the Nahuatl language, but you can't remember what it is. Hmm, turtle rabbit. All right, turtle rabbit. Guys, this means something. This means something. Listen, listen. In some cultures, there's there's a few weird words that go together and mean something entirely different. Uh, back when I was studying the Finnish language, their word for a dragon is lohikerme. <laughs> lohikerme. Huh. It means salmon snake. And salmon snake is their translation for dragon. So if we can figure this out, we might figure out what turtle rabbit means. And the Nahuatl pronunciation of turtle rabbit is azotochtli. Azotochtli. Hmm. That's right. You said it great. I'm not qualified for this. I could have told you that a while ago, but that's okay. You're here with us now. Yep. <laughs> here I am, eating a banana and thinking about, hey... Uh, wait, I think I see a pattern. No, I... 
No, I just wanted to say that and see if by the time I got done saying that, I knew what was the hieroglyphs, but I still don't know what the hieroglyphs is. That's all right, Mayor. <laughs> I made you a banana pie for you to feel better. That's my favorite pie. Thank you, Lila Bale. You're welcome, sugar. I pinch your little cheeks. I start eating it with a banana as a fork. <laughs> <laughs> and as you start chowing down on this banana, and as you are puzzling over what this turtle rabbit thing could mean, you feel the train begin to slow down as you begin to arrive at your destination, and all of the cows begin to moo in anticipation. Folks, looks like we're out of time to figure out this little puzzle. We're going to have to figure it out on the run. Ah, jeez. I think I hear boss music on the wind. (laughs) (laughs) What's going to happen when those doors somehow open up? Let's... I, I may have broke myself into a corner with that. I'll figure out something. This is improv. <laughs> but what's going to happen when I figure out how to get those doors to open up? Let's find out next week here in the world of Animal Station. Thanks for listening to Improv Tabletop, everybody. We'll be back next week with more adventures in the wonderful world of Animal Station, the thrilling conclusion of this adventure we've been going on. If you want more, go ahead and subscribe. Maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as I wasn't happy to voice an NPC saying that Comic Sans is a good thing (laughs) if you would go ahead and give us a positive review on the podcatcher of your choice. We are also all over social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, at Improv Tabletop. If you'd like to suggest either a setting for us to play in, we got a new campaign coming up soon. We could use some good suggestions. Or if you'd like to suggest an aspect for one of our characters to use, you can tweet about us or comment on one of our posts using hashtag ImpTab setting or hashtag ImpTab aspect. Let's go around and do a round of plugs. So as always, we've got our sister podcast, iCast Fireball, which is going super well, having a great time with that. Go check it out if you're into fantasy and D&D 5e. Aside from that, I would like to plug an RPG called Deadlands, which a lot of content from has kind of seeped into this campaign without me even realizing it until just now. Um, Deadlands is an RPG that takes place in the Weird West. It's all Wild West stuff mixed with like supernatural horror. And you've got shamans and you've got metal mages and all these really cool sort of supernatural Wild West archetypes. So I would definitely recommend you check out Deadlands if you're into more of this kind of vibe. Really cool game. And I would just also like to thank my friend Joshua Mayberry for teaching me the word Azotochtli years and years and years ago because it's finally come in useful for the first time in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see what else we got going on. McKenna, is there anything that you would like to plug? Yeah, um, I would like to plug my latest board game that I've created. It is called Catatonically Me. And it is a board game for dogs, actually. In the dogs, they play as cats and they compete to see who gets the big pile of rats at the end. Mm, it's We're working out a couple of bugs right now. Mainly, um, we have a lot of bugs infesting the board when they play because the board is made out of catnip. Mm. And so we're kind of working on that right now. But if you have any dogs like if your dog is like really good at board games maybe they were born with opposable thumbs we would love to have them come test our product out so go ahead reach out to me on twitter
Twitter. Um, we're looking for backers as well, so do that. But yeah, Catatonically Me will hopefully be coming to a Petco near you in the near future. So check it out. I will be sure to do so. Connor, you got anything going on? Yes. Um, I would like to plug two things very quickly. The first of which is a horror anime anthology series. This is called the Junji Ito Collection. Junji oh. Ito's, yeah. He is one of my favorite uh, manga artists and illustrators, period. Uh, very, very twisted imagery and dark, unpredictable storylines. If you like flash fiction a la Twilight Zone and can stomach more uh, interesting and grotesque body horror, go for that. The other thing I would like to advertise for is I started a GoFundMe account recently uh, for Christian Randall to buy a stick of Old Spice deodorant. Our our, uh, goal is $5, stretch goals to eight so we can get him two packs. Okay, but like, side story, Christian can't use Old Spice anymore. Oh, um, no. no. I'm going to have to refund all the donors. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like he started having like really bad chemical reactions to it at one point. And he got real stinky. I love you, sweetie, but you stink. And so one time I was like, well, usually like when I start to grow hair in my armpits is when I usually get stinky. So like maybe we just shave your armpits. So instead of shaving them, we decided to nair them. And he got really bad. Because <laughs> that would definitely make any adverse chemical reaction so much better is to nair it. Her chemicals were up. So here, have the worst Gosh, chemical. We left it on too long. That's Anyways. amazing. I still love those products, but like um, that just reminded me of it. And that is my favorite story to tell about Christian because <laughs> he literally would come home after work and just sit with his arms in the air because it burns so bad. <laughs> and I feel so bad. I feel like the sentence, I love you, sweetie, but you stink, is like the anthem of any pet owner. <laughs> yes. There's something yeah. profoundly relatable to that statement. Nice. Caleb, you got anything going on? Guys, I would just like to plug the Finnish language. Uh, it not too many people speak it. It's only, you know, Finland's got a population of 5 million people. So go learn Finnish. I, I lived there for two years, learned the language pretty well for a while. It's been a while, and I had a hard time figuring out how to pronounce them Finnish words in my southern drawl here. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's on Duolingo. You can, you know, just pick up a Finnish to English dictionary. Just go, I mean, learn a second language in general. It's good stuff. And just one other thing, like on top of the whole salmon snake thing, uh, that being the Finnish word for dragon, I recently discovered that the Chinese word for penguin roughly translates to business goose, which is beautiful and I love it. Yes. So good. So the salmon snake is the dragon, the business goose is the penguin, and the turtle rabbit is... You're just going to have to find out next week, aren't you? <gasps> oh. uh, well, thanks everybody for joining us here in the world of Animal Station. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by... McKenna Steele, the business goose. Connor Douglas Wood, Stormlight Historian. Caleb Anderton, your ex-philologist. Much love and stuff, everybody. We'll catch you next week on Improv Tabletop. Mm-hmm.